been in this series about behold, and we challenged you guys over the last couple weeks, uh, number one, to look for the one, to look for Jesus, right? To also look for his presence, for the Holy Spirit in your life. And today we're going to challenge you, like I just saw, to look for the light, okay? To look for the light. And we know, uh, and we look in the book of John, we see that, that Jesus came as that light, correct? Are you with me? That he came as that light to this world uh, to take on the sin of the world and to give us life everlasting. But again, I go back to this thought that there's some things that we do not want to miss this Christmas season, right? How many of you guys have been busy? Have you been busy a little bit? You know, some of you are students. Some of you have busy jobs. Some of you have families. So you know that you have been going and burning at both ends, right? And you are tired. And sometimes in the midst of all that, we don't slow down long enough to see what's around us, right? One of the greatest gifts we had was our move being delayed by a month. Can I get some amens on that? Because... Whoa, there was a lot of amens. Um, because we get a little more time to just calm down and to behold what God is doing right now in this season, especially this Christmas season. So I want to share with you this morning, uh, again, from the book of John. But I'd love to give you a little background on this guy. We're not talking about just John the Baptist like we have been, but the apostle John. It's so important to remember. He was known as the beloved. He was in the top three of the disciples, right? He was one of those sons of thunder because they were excited about calling down fire from heaven and all kinds of crazy stuff because they got really excited to be with Jesus. You ever been that way where you just get overwhelmed and excited and pumped and you do crazy things when you get excited about sharing Jesus with others? They were in one of those moments of their lives. Uh, an author of five New Testament books is really important. His life was an example of, of Christ's love, of someone that understood what Christ's love was all about, someone that was a beloved of Christ, but also someone who was there to share this love, okay? So very important. And we see in the very beginning of his book some prolific writing that really sets the stage for the coming Messiah in such a way that is like none other that we read. And you know, we see this out of this love that he has, okay? So you'll see on your screen with me, uh, John 1, 1 through five. And listen, listen in closely. In the beginning was the word. See, we, we, we kind of glaze over this stuff quickly, don't we? How many times have you started your Bible reading program and you got through the gospels and you're like, man, that was great. And you're done. Or you got through Genesis and you were done. We glaze over these things, but let's really tune in. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. We're going to light candles here soon. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But let's step back to this beginning place that John is speaking of. And we know the beginning of the whole beginning is Genesis, right? If we think about it in a biblical context, Genesis 1, 1 through 2, and we hear this again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, right? And empty. Darkness was all over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, which means God spoke. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Another one of those scriptures we glaze over as we start that Bible reading every year, right? We glaze over that. And there was light. See, we see this, let there be. As God speaks, let there be. What does this mean? It became, it was brought about. It happened because God spoke. 
And I think it's so important for us to remember in this season right now is that God speaks, okay? Don't forget that. God speaks. He said, let there be. And what was there? Light right after that. Verse 4, God saw that the light was good, and he separated, I love this, the light from the darkness. He separated the light from the darkness. God called, which means he spoke again. God called the light day, right? And the darkness he called, God spoke, night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. I love going back to this and how John takes us back to Genesis 2 as an understanding that the earth had nothing in it but darkness, if you will. Think about that in a way. Well, you can't see because you don't know you can't see. You don't know what's there, right? Have you ever been in a super, super dark room before? You know, that can be kind of scary, right? Because you can't see anything at all. You never know who's there, what's there, and all that kind of stuff. But in the very, very beginning, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit there, and you see this creation account starting to happen, and, and, and dark, 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 like back road, no lights, you know, maybe starlight, maybe moonlight, dark. And we see God speak in the midst of this darkness, okay? And what does he do? He separates the darkness from the light. He calls it day and night, and that's important. So what does this light, when we look at an Old Testament understanding, it's daylight, you know, it's sunlight. When we look at it in this way, it's literal light that we understand that it's an external light, but when we look at New Testament light, the word light, it's a different meaning. Why? Because it's logos. It's the speech understanding too. It's this heavenly light. It's a kingdom of light. It's an internal light. And it's this spoken light, this word, like I said before just a moment ago, this logos spoken light, this word, this God word that has been spoken that brings life, a divine utterance, an analogy of sorts. Who is the greatest analogy of light? Jesus. So we see John take the old with the new and make sense of it today. I love that about scripture. So important for us to make sense of this for today. So what are some observations we see? That God saw the light and he identified it as good. Again, if you're in that dark place, right? And you turn on the light, you're like, that's good right there. I don't know about you guys, but even still in my hallway, I still like a little nightlight. Anybody else like a nightlight? Why is that? Because you can see, all right? Literally, I am, wait, I am a trip waiting to happen. It does not take anything, Kara, why are you laughing? It does not take hardly anything for old boy to trip up in the house. Therefore, whenever I can put on a light, I will put on a light so that I don't have to trip. So I like light too. I think it's good. Anybody else with me? I think it's good, okay? You're with me. So he saw it. It was good. God spoke us all into existence a creator, a speaker of one, one who speaks life into existence. And I love this also, that he didn't need to create man, but he chose to. I like that. He didn't, he didn't need to create us, but he chose to create us. And I love that. Another aspect of our loving heavenly father. But also we think about this, this 400 years of silence and darkness that folks were experiencing before Jesus came onto the earth, that that was an under, another understanding of darkness and a, a, an understanding that it was empty and it was void of, of God life and God light. So during this Christmas season, we celebrate Jesus the light coming to life, that light that is Jesus himself. So what I want to challenge you to do this Christmas season is look for the light. Look! 
for the light. The kids are awake now for sure, okay? Behold the light. Again, if you've been in the dark and you need to find a flashlight, we're so lucky now, aren't we? All we have to do is swipe up and just hit the light, right? It's so much easier now. As soon as you you find some sort of darkness, we all have a little bit of light within us, right? But it's not as easy sometimes when uh, maybe your phone dies or you're out in the middle of the woods, okay? So I want to challenge you this season to look for the light. First, look for the light at the start of it all. John 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning, I love that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This understanding of a creation account all the way back in the beginning. Sometimes it's so hard to think past yesterday, isn't it? All the stuff that can happen to us in a given day, let alone a given week, let alone a given month, given year, years, or life. It's hard for us to go far enough back to see the light of God in our lives. And when we read in that book of Genesis that John reminded us of, that in the very beginning, there was light because God was there. Jesus, the light, was there. The Holy Spirit was there, and he's supposed to be here still today if you look for the light, right? If you look for the light. He gave his light by giving his word. Remember I said it before, let there be and there it was. What is it? What do you feel like God is speaking to your life that you need to be, to come to existence, to become, to just fall into place? What is that? Because he will speak and it will come to life and he will say it is good. Isn't that great? From the very beginning, that's what he's done. That's the blueprint. That's the precedent that he set for our lives, all right? God still speaks. God still speaks, and we see that as proof with our baby Jesus that was born during this Christmas season, right? All right. So the second thing is this. Look for the light in your everything or your everything. Look for the light in your everything, A lot of times we only see light in certain things, right? You ever notice that? We look at certain situations or or certain people that are within our family or or certain jobs that we've had or, or vehicles or homes or relationships and stuff. But through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. Find in him in everything what is in your hand and maybe what's not in your hand yet. Still looking for the light of Jesus in everything you have or even the things you don't have yet. Look for the light because when he gets there with the light, it illuminates the situation in a whole new way. Look for the light in your everything, in your relationships, your workplace, your families, everything. Fill in the blank. Look for the light. Jesus is there. Number three is this. Look for the light even in the darkest of places. Again, we thought about it. We got our minds in that place of being down maybe that country road in the back of the middle of nowhere. Sometimes it's even fun to turn off your headlights, not while you're driving. That wouldn't be safe, would it? But sometimes it's bright enough with the moon you can. That's fun too, just to spice it up. No, but if you're on that back road, (laughs) don't do that. You turn off the lights, pitch black. And it's hard to find light. You have to get out of the car you have to look up and you're like, oh, thank God, there's some stars at least. Oh, let me get through the trees. Oh, there's, there's the moon. Okay, there's a little bit of light. But learning to find light in dark places can be a hard thing, right? 
Because a lot of times the dark places overshadow any bit of light that God has provided for our lives. All we see is the darkness. All we see is the pain. All we see is the struggle. All we see is the frustration. All we see is the letdown. All we see is the anger. All we see is the family problems. It's very hard for us to see the light in dark places. And a lot of times it's easier for us, and I like this analogy in my life even, I think about this. We'd rather close the door to the room, get out of the room and put a whole, a whole addition on the home just so that we don't have to go back in that dark room and deal with the things that are in there. You can go back in that dark place. You can go in the darkest of places and God is waiting. He's proved it even so with his son coming to shine light in those darkest of places. He's waiting for it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. First Thessalonians 5, 4 through 8 is the context, but it's this understanding that you are children of light. Children of light. Hayden, come here, homeboy. Allie, Andy, all of you are here. This is great. This is so weird. Come here. Come here. You're okay. You're not in trouble. Not this time. Not this time. These are children of Myers. What do you think about these children of Myers, right? They look good because of their mother. I had nothing to do with this. I just show up at the right times, okay? But these guys are identified as children of Myers. That's their namesake, right? How did this happen? We know how that happens. We'll save that for another day, okay? But this is the best of us right here. This is the children of Myers, okay? And they represent who we are. They carry who we are in this world, okay? And you guys do a very good job of it. I'm proud of you. All kinds of beauty and handsome, all right? You are a child of God, a co-heir of Christ. You're a child of light. So what you do is you carry your namesake, light, into this world. These guys carry our namesake into this world and make a difference by the way they live and allowing who we are, hopefully that's good, to shine through them. And the same with you in this life. Thank you, guys. You can sit back down. I just wanted to see you close to me for once. This is fun in church. You represent the life. Sometimes we we think of our lives like a dilapidated house, that there's no way that it can be repaired, it can be fixed. There's no way that, that God can shine light into those darkest of places. But what's so great about Jesus, when he conquered death, hell, and the grave, he brought light to this world with himself, and then he gives it to you. You're not a dilapidated house that will never have life in it again. You're a house that will dwell richly in this world, but also his light will dwell richly in you. Jesus sees the potential of you and who you are. You are children of light, number one, but also... You're a light to this world. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount. You're salt on the earth. Okay, this is really good. What does salt do? Number one, we know it seasons up your steak really nice and pretty like I would love to have some steak. Anybody with me on this? It's getting close. That's my boy. But salt also has medicinal purposes as well, right? It's, it's, and it enables for healing, especially like Dr. Dre was telling me the other day, that Himalayan salt, right? That Himalayan salt has these, these healing properties within your body that will make a world of difference. So not only are you healed to be a healer, but also you have been given light to be a light. 
And not a light that's put under a bushel. Remember that when you were a kid? Remember that when you were in, in children's church? Maybe it was for me. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. We'll sing it later because it felt really awkward. It was like middle school all over again. <laughs> but you are a light to the world, a city on a hill. Not just a, a tree house on a hill. Not a neighborhood on a hill. I would love to have a tree house on a hill or a tiny house. That'd be so much fun. Okay. No, 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 no. A city on a hill. What does this mean? The light of your life will populate the lives of others, and they will come and dwell in that light with you. That's our church. That's us. This is you, our neighborhoods, what we do, where we go. You are a city on a hill. You are a light that cannot be extinguished when Jesus is in you in this way. Are you with me? Okay. So now we go back to John the Baptist, and John 1, 6 through 14 is the context here. And we see John the Apostle talk about John the Baptist. And he says this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, that light that we've built the story about today, right? He came to testify about that light so that through him all might believe. And this is so important, the crux of faith, to believe, okay? that all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, okay? Now John the disciple, the beloved, says this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, this is deep water here, guys. He was in the world, and even though the world was made through him, remember that creation account again, the world did not recognize him. How often do we fail to recognize the light in this world? It goes all the way back to the beginning. The beginning. That, the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, right? The beginning. How often do we fail to realize the light when it's all around us, when he is all around us? This true light that gives light. He came to that which his own. He came to that which his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who the crux of faith believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So how do you get this light? You just have to believe. But you, don't I have to like, you know, jump through hurdles and, and loops and hoops and do this and do that, stand up, sit down, run around, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around? No. You mean I just have to believe? Yes. He gave them the right, I love this, to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor, okay, of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. His decision still to choose you. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Those words, so big right now. Grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Maybe you need to understand grace today in a new way. Maybe you need to understand the truth of who God really is, who we saw exemplified through Jesus. He's the light of the world. 
And he's coming to this world to change it. And he didn't come to change the landscape. He came to change you. And all you have to do, I know this sounds crazy, is just believe. Ask, Lord, I know I've done things that have separated me from you. I know that I've sinned. But God, I ask for forgiveness of those sins. And this morning, I want to choose you. I'm going to follow you who represents truth. I'm going to follow you who represents grace. And I am going to take that light and put it inside of me and allow it to shine through me. This morning, I'm going to choose you. Do me a favor. Close your eyes with me for just a moment. We're getting ready to transition to our our end of the service here this morning. And I want you to ask yourself that question. Have I believed? Have I believed completely with everything that's in me that he is the way, the truth, and the life? Do I believe that he is the beginning and the end? Do I believe that that baby in a manger did change everything? Do I believe that Jesus is my Savior? Do I believe that there's enough grace this morning to receive him as my Savior? Do I believe in the truth of who he is? Do I believe that he is the pure, spotless Lamb of God that came once and for all to take the sin of this world? Because if you believe and you choose him this morning, you have changed the rest of your life forever by making that decision. His light will dwell in what could be or may feel like a very dark place, your life. So this morning, if you want to choose him, maybe for the first time, or maybe to to reinitiate your faith, can you just agree with me by looking, looking at me for just a moment this morning so we can pray? All right. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Close your eyes with me one more time. Lord, we thank you so much that you sent, God, that you sent your only begotten son, that he brought light to this world. And since the beginning, God, your plan was that your light would fill our lives so much so that you sent your only begotten son to us. And this morning we behold, we look for his beauty in that, but we also look to the light that he brings that we will allow that light to permeate even the darkest of places and that we too will be your children of light. And that light could shine through us. We know that John the Baptist, you know, his, his light was made to shine towards Jesus. But you've given us this opportunity to allow your light to shine through us so that we can point more people to you, that we can be that city on the hill that we won't hide this light or be ashamed of it, but we will let it shine brightly so that all men, all women, everyone in this world can see. We thank you, God, for this opportunity. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 